with me now is Nick Stewart. Nick is the Chief Executive of Finzo. Welcome to the studio, Nick. How are you? Good, thank you. Great to be here. It's lovely to have you all the way from Hawke's Bay. Um, tell me, by the time we go to air, transitional licensing will have opened. How well prepared do you think financial advisor firms are for licensing? Well, I think a lot of people have sat back, kind of sitting on the fence, because the long-awaited promised guidance notes on what full FAP mm. is and will mean for firms hasn't been delivered. We've been waiting for it. So I think quite a few people have basically, they're in a period of hiatus. They're just you know, ostrich-like, just waiting for these guidance notes. Hopefully they'll be February, March next year. And then I think firms will start to really ramp up their due diligence. Mm. But at the present time, I think there's a bit of apathy. So, so, so people aren't doing enough, is that what you're saying? That's, that's, that's my belief, yeah. 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 And, and so are they, what's going to happen then? Are they going to find that they can't operate or are they going to have to just suddenly rush off somewhere else? I think it might be a little bit like Y2K. A whole lot of people you know, at, at the 11th, at the 10th, 11th, 12th hour mm. are rushing to get things completed. So, for example, I hear about some firms that are thinking about building a CRM solution at the present time to meet their obligations. Mm. It takes years to build a CRM solution, not months, and yeah. it's very expensive. I spoke to another firm the other day and they reckon they spent a million bucks building a CRM. Yep, yeah, that, that doesn't surprise me, depending on the scale and the complexity of the CRM solution. Let's just unpack the CRM solution. When you think about it, a lot of people, for a CRM, they just think it's a, a database management tool, mm. um, like a modern-day Rolodex. Mm. Whereas, in fact, the CRM solution for what we do at Finzo, it's the whole shaboodle. It's, it's everything from financial planning, advice, documentation, um, compliance modules, complaints, threads, workflows, everything's built in the CRM, so very complicated. So you built your own? Yes, we did. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah. So why do you go down that track when there's lots of off-the-shelf packages there? Um, well, yeah. <laughs> being an independent firm, being a family-owned business, mm. we wanted to paddle our own walker. Mm -hmm. um, back in 2006, we started utilising X-Plan, mm -hmm. and I, used, I like to use the analogy that X-Plan's like a box of Lego. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you can buy the box of Lego off the shelf, but to create the spaceship, you've actually got to spend a little bit of time, and mm. you've got to become a Lego builder. Mm. So. So, so, yeah, so you're better off to go down your own track. That's what we wanted, but if you didn't have scale, I think an off-the-shelf um, solution from a vendor that has actually built it mm. is fine, but bearing in mind that it's a kind of one-size-fits-all. Uh, look, I find it fascinating at the moment because I've come across so many organisations which are building their own CRMs. There must be a huge amount of money being spent across the industry on, on this when, when there's lots of off-the-shelf products available. It's, yes. uh, it's, it's just, it amazes me. Yeah. Well, I think that it's a little bit like FAP, mm. and that is where, you know, let's say if there's 2,500 FAPs on the 29th of mm. June next year, that means a lot of people are replicating all the same things. Mm. But, and then over time, you'll probably get some more collegiality and mergers, acquisitions, and people working together to drive those costs down and get economies of scale. Because, you know, if there were 2,500 FAPs, it kind of reminds me of what the UK market was like pre-regulation, mm. where I believe there was about 148,000 independent boutique advice practices, mm. which shrank to 25,000. Mm. So coming to cost, you know, mm. everyone's talking about the cost and how much it's going to cost to belong to a FAP. At our mortgage broker conference the other week, one of the dealer groups said it was going to be about 21,000 yes. dollars a year for each each advice to belong. What do, you, do you think that number's right? 
I think it depends on what the FAP is providing mm. because there are certain spheres of advice that are much cheaper to regulate for the FAP provider and in terms of the administrative burden. Whereas I think a firm like ourselves, where we're doing you know, pensions, KiwiSaver, wealth management and risk management, both personal and business, it's a more complex animal. A more complex animal, there's just more cogs, more things spinning, so there is a larger cost to do those so, structures. So do you have an idea of what it's going to cost? I have a gut feel, but I don't want to say what I think it will be until I get the guidance notes. Mm, mm, mm. Now, the other aspect with these supposed costs mm. on where people are sitting, a lot of people say, well, is the cost a bundle cost? Does that include my, um, my uh, PI cover? Does it include any software vendor costs? Mm. And a lot of people, I think, they're getting confused with those things because many of the numbers I hear in the market are actually excluding all of the add-ons that are required to be part of that. Well, fund. it seems to be quite modular on the fact yes. that you're paying a thing and then you're going to pay for your PI, you're going yes. to pay for your, yes. you know, um, your CRM, you're going to pay for you know, maybe your audits. Um, yeah. So how you get to those numbers is interesting. So uh, tell me about Finzo and the sort of offering that you'll have for advisors. Mm, sure. Well, we've got a couple of different offerings, and, and one of them will be um, people utilise our FAP mm -hmm. and become an authorised body. Mm -hmm. But the other is that we support firms to achieve their FAP. Mm -hmm. So in other words, they're using our building blocks, mm -hmm. our compliance structures, mm -hmm. our CRM engine, platform, everything integrates through. That's why our little tagline is integrated financial solutions, mm -hmm. because we want things to work together. Mm -hmm. Like recently we achieved data integration from our FNZ plat platform through to Iris mm -hmm. Xplan, mm -hmm. and that just opens up a world of exciting possibilities. Yeah. I mean, I can, I've now got my, um, my daughter has a little portfolio, as does my son, and we set them up. These little little portfolios, the smallest portfolios of the company, <laughs> and I can now look at their portfolios on our portal on my phone, mm -hmm. anytime, anywhere. Their balance sheet, their KiwiSaver pull through, their wealth management pulls mm -hmm. through, and it's that's fantastic opportunities. But from a compliance viewpoint, I have just locked down a significant amount of risk mm -hmm. between platform and CRM, and therefore compliance. Mm -hmm. Mm. Global best practice. Global best practice. So what's going to be your unique selling proposition? Why should an advisor come and use a Finzo product or become part of your group? Um, independence. Mm -hmm. Family values. Mm -hmm. We're a family-owned firm, non-aligned. We're not for sale. Mm -hmm. And a nice young team. Mm -hmm. and, and, yeah. and, and, and probably nice conferences on Hawke's Bay. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good. We, we, yeah. we, we actually built a new Finzo facility uh, in Hawke's Bay, its own offices yeah. at yeah. 202 Kadamu Road. So we have a in-house training facility. Mm -hmm. We have a media suite, boardroom, meeting rooms, open plan. It's, mm -hmm. it's worked really well. But yeah, so the idea is we can bring people to the Hawke's Bay. They can have a conference and then we can take them to some of the best wineries for dinner or lunch afterwards or prior. Sounds pretty good to me. So, <laughs> so tell me, one of the other things which is sort of worries mm. um, me a little bit and I know it worries the industry is the regulator's been quite softly, softly about this transitional licensing and, and yes. saying it's not going to be too difficult. Do you <laughs> think that's the right approach? I think to warm to warm people up that was the right approach and to have, uh, you know, to have the net very, very low and then, and then the net slowly gets lifted over time. But I think it would be helpful if the language, the messaging was stronger now because the window that people have mm. to get their business up to speed, to make determinations on their business structure, their strategies, where they're doing, what their career looks like, who they employ, what their premise looks like, the regulator needs to be 
I think, stronger on what the responsibilities with FAP are. Because if we think about it with FAP, yes, full FAP doesn't occur until 2022. Mm. So that's plenty of time until you realise that the full weight of the liability of FAP actually starts on the 29th of June next year, yes, yeah. not 2022. So that's a very narrow window to get things done. Yeah. Oh, look, and a, and a lot of people on that, that risk thing, a lot of people who are setting up FAPs are worried about where the risk is going to lie and how they're mm, going to manage mm. that. And, and I wonder if there's going to be a lot of groups out there which aren't sufficiently capitalised to actually be FAPs. Yes, yeah, good point. Um, well, I mean, one of the ones we know, you know as a DIMS provider, we have uh, DIMS providers above 100 million of FAM have to publish their accounts on the company's office, mm -hmm. all freely available to the public. Mm -hmm. We know that that is not yet a requirement or isn't a requirement proposed for FAP, mm. but you'd, uh, you'd wonder in time, because you know if you're going to entrust your capital to a business, a FAP, mm. you would want to know that they um, have the um, fiscal wherewithal yes. um, to actually run the organisation and the structure. So yeah. you would wonder where that will get to, yeah. Mm. So what do you think will be the outcome at transitional licensing, that there'll be thousands and thousands of FAPs or will it be smaller? I think at the transitional phase there will be thousands mm. because we've been told how easy it is. It's like completing the census. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's well. all automated. It, 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 there's very little human um, oversight on that. Uh, there's just some, some AI screening. Mm. So, and the liability to get a transitional I mean, there's very, very little. Mm. I mean, the bar has mm. been set very, very low. But I think once, yeah, I think once the FAP guidance notes come out and people start to understand that and understand what it is like to live with liability as a FAP director, mm. I think some people will say, look, perhaps this is not what I signed up for. I just like helping people with advice. Mm. I don't actually want to run a full advice engine and entity. Mm. Oh, look, it's going to be fascinating to see where it goes. Look, thank you very much for your time, and it's great to have you in here, and we'll have to catch up again to find out how it's going. Look forward to it. Cheers. Thank you. Ahead.